Hallelujah. Glory, glory to God. Amen. Great are you, Lord. Greatly to be praised. Above all God, says the Scriptures. Lord, because you are God. The others, they pretend to be God. They aren't God, but you are God. You so loved the world, you sent your only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. And who wouldn't want eternal life to live forever, especially with you and your kingdom, to see you face to face, the God who loved us so much that was willing to be sacrificed in our place to pay the penalty for our sin. How great are you, Lord. You are greatly to be praised. Lord, we love you this morning. This morning we worship your name. We praise your holy name, Lord God, because you are God and there is no other. Your name is going to be high and lifted up from this church in this area, Lord, all the days that it exists because you are great and greatly to be praised. Your son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God of gods, the Redeemer, the Sanctifier, the Healer. Lord, we worship you this morning, Lord. We give you the glory. Let your, you be glorified for every, everybody here today from every mouth, Lord, from everyone over the Internet, Lord. Let your name be praised everywhere they go. May they bring you with them and speak of you and tell of your great and mighty deeds. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, everybody. You may be seated. For those online, we're glad you're here. This is Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani. I will not be speaking today. Pastor Brett, missionary, evangelist, is going to be speaking. You're going to be in for a real treat, you know, because God, you know, uses anyone that preaches the gospel of our Savior Jesus. Listen, um, if you're if you're local, we're in Lantana, Florida. We're on High Paluxo Road, which is the north border of Boynton Beach, also the south border of Lantana, and we're on the Lantana side, quarter mile west of I-95. So if you're local, come on by. We're here every Sunday at 10 a.m. and we stream live. You're here every Thursday at 7:15, uh, and we're here live, but except for this Thursday. Unforeseen circumstances have come up, so we will not be having a service. But I'm advising everybody that normally listens, whether you're being Connecticut or New Hampshire, and we have people up there listening or anywhere in the world, you know, take this time. Just don't blow it off and say, hey, I have an extra hour and a half to do what I want to do. How about if you get your Bible, read your Bible, pray, and worship the Lord? Take that time. Don't just blow it off like, hey, no, you know, I got free time. No. Use it to serve the Lord and to worship the Lord. Anyway, and also, those two services are streamed. FreedomChurchPB.org is our website. FreedomChurchPB.org. You can find anything out on there, on that online. You can find out where we're located. You can see any, uh, turn to any of our messages for the past eight years. You can, can uh, donate online. And you can find out what we believe in online. I'm going to tell you one thing. This is all about Jesus at Freedom Church. It's not about Pastor Joe. It's not about Pastor Brad. It's not about anybody sitting out here. It's about Jesus Christ, him crucified, him dead, him buried, and him risen the third day, according to the scriptures. That's what it's all about here.
His name is to be praised above all, all gods. Listen, and uh, Saturday, men's Bible study right here. It is not streamed. 9 a.m. this Saturday, 9 a.m. The Bible study is here. We have several different churches represented. We also have a pastor from another church in the area that comes, and myself, I'm there this Saturday. You know, we, we start at 9 a.m. We left here Saturday at 1. Now, that doesn't happen every Saturday, but, you know, God was speaking, and when God speaks, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go out the door. I want to be here. And God was speaking loud and clear, and men were repenting, and men were on their face before the Lord, and they were, were confessing and renouncing things that, that they want out of their life. And I tell you, we're going to see some big changes in those men. It's usually about eight, eight men or so. You know, it can vary. But, um, you know, it's a nice intimate time with the Lord. And we study, you know, uh, good studies and uh, deep studies, not just, um, you know, surfing the surface, I guess you could say. So, so we're glad you're here. Um, you can go online. You can even donate online if I left that out. You can watch past services. And we'd love to have you um, tune in. To our service. If you want to talk with me, just add Joe at at the beginning of freedomchurchpb.org. That's my my uh, text message or or my email. I'm sorry. You know, Joe at freedomchurchpb.org. PB stands for Palm Beach. So that's about it. I'm going to invite Pastor Brett up. And believe me, you're you're in for a treat. You know, the Lord, you know, the Lord always speaks to him. And you know why the Lord speaks to him? Because he speaks the word of God. Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. Can you guys hear me in my life? God bless you guys. Yes, I'm good. I just want to, uh, first of all, I just felt so much joy coming back. I was out of town a little bit and uh, on one of my missions, and I just love being in the house of God, amen? I love being with the people of God, whether it's two or three or 20 or 30 or 200,000 and 300,000 like in Africa, but um, we're... God's people gather in his name he's there amen and it's it's an interesting verse I don't know if you've really thought about it much but it says where two or three are gathered in my name there I am in the midst it's strange because God is always there God is omnipresent God's presence is everywhere all at the same time and you have to understand the omnipresence of God it's it's not just like a little piece of His Holy Spirit is over there, a little bigger piece is in Africa, a little piece. No. All of God is everywhere all at the same time. Have you ever tried to even fathom that? In, in our minds, we can't. But all of God is everywhere all at the same time. David said, if I f go to the highest height, the highest mountain in the Psalms, Lord, You are there. If I go to the deepest depths of the sea or the bottom of the, uh, the earth, you're there. Yet, there's something different that happens when God's people get together. 
because I don't know if you've heard of this word or studied it, but it's called the manifest presence of God. You see, God, although He's omnipresent, that means His presence is all over the place at the same time, it's not known that He's there. It's not being made known to people. The word manifest means making something known that was hidden or making something known. See, when God manifests His presence, it's different. When God makes Himself known, it's different. You see, in the Old Testament, God was everywhere, but He wasn't making Himself known. But when His presence came on the mountain in Exodus, the people of God were so afraid of Him because the earth would shake under them. The mountain would cover with smoke and clouds and lightning and thunder would roar. And people would be so afraid. They didn't even want to go up and talk to Him. They would send Moses in their place because they were afraid of God. But His presence was manifesting. It was, he was exposing or revealing Himself that I am here making Myself known to you. You see, the glory of God is not everywhere, guys. The presence of God is everywhere. The glory of God is not everywhere. And that's why I, I also travel it's not just because I want to go preach the gospel as much as I love doing that and that is my calling I'm a pursuer of the kingdom I love his glory guys and and God's glory people will say oh you know his glory is everywhere oh you know you don't have to go to church to meet with God oh man let me just take this Bible and I want to whack people when they say that because <laughs> they have no idea what they're saying. God manifests Himself in the congregation. And it's not just when we gather, you see. It's not enough to just gather Christians together. I've been to a lot of Christian gatherings and the glory is far from that place. I hate to say it. No peace, no joy, no glory, right? But when you gather in the name of Jesus, for the glory of Jesus, for the sake of seeking Jesus, when Jesus is the center, when Jesus is the focal point, when Jesus is the purpose of the gathering, something happens. Amen? And I'm just sharing all that. It's just like a, a, a trailer. You know, when you watch a movie, you get a little peek, sneak peek trailer. I'm giving you a little sneak peek, but I was just in... Uh, Kansas City for for a week and and I got to see and experience God's glory and and I know where two or three are gathered the God in his name God is there and he moves that's why we have home groups and church meetings but imagine when 20 or 30,000 gather in his name and they're hungry for God remember it's not just about gathering because there's gatherings with the wrong purpose and there's no glory. But when you're gathering for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of God's presence on earth, for the sake of revival, for the sake of His kingdom, and, and you're, you're with people that are like-minded, that are one accord, something happens, guys. God is not looking. He's not like waiting in heaven, uh, holding back. He's not holding back himself he's not trying to hide himself from humanity you guys understand that 
He wants to. It's the will of God to reveal himself. He wants, he's not holding back revival from America. He's not holding back blessing and healing and deliverance from your life. He's not holding back forgiveness and mercy. You see, it's, the Bible says it's not God's arm that is too short that he cannot save. It's not that his ear is so deaf that he cannot hear. Usually if there's a problem, guess where it lies, guys? It's right here, right? It ain't, it's not God's blood is not sufficient. Jesus said it is finished on the cross. That means it is done. The price is paid. And, and, and salvation is now accessible to the whole world. Do you know what selzo and salvation even means? It means forgiveness, deliverance, healing, and wholeness. You, that, that is accessible to the whole entire world now. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that who would ever believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. Eternal life is not just heaven. It's abundance. It's a full life, full of joy and peace and righteousness. And the Lord wants to impart that to people and give that gift, a free gift of, people, uh, of salvation to all people. He's not holding it back, but he's, he's waiting for a cry. He's waiting for one who will pray. He said in the, in the prophets, in the days of the prophets, is there one who will intercede for the people? Is there one that I could find that will speak? Remember when Isaiah got caught up in heaven, guys. This is just a, a trailer, but try to get on the train before it leaves. You know, Isaiah literally got caught up in heaven. And he saw the glory of God. I mean, he saw the, the full picture as much as a man could bear. And he was about to die. He fell on his face like a dead man. He said, woe is me. You know, I'm a man with unclean lips. And I live amongst a bunch of sinners with unclean lips. I'm undone. He was saying, I am dead in the presence of this glory. I don't deserve to live. And the Lord had to cleanse him. The angel came with a, with a coal from the altar and cleansed him. But remember what the Lord said. He had this radical encounter with God. He had this experience of God's glory. He saw cherubim and angels that he couldn't even describe. He tried to put it into words. It still doesn't make sense. And they were flying around crying, holy, holy, holy. And, and he goes through this whole experience with God. And then he hears the Lord say, whom, whom will I send? Whom will I, why, will I send on our behalf? Isn't that an interesting, interesting scenario? The God of heaven was just looking for a man on earth he could use. The whole purpose of that, that experience, that encounter with God was so that Isaiah could be so radically impacted by God's glory that he would never be the same again, but he would go and then take that to the people. He was just looking for a man. He was just looking for a woman. He was just looking for a person he could use. Who will I send on, on our behalf? He was talking about himself, the Trinity. Who will I send? And you see, guys, this is why um, God sends revival or God sends glory or God sends angels or God sends awakening or God sends a message or God does anything. He wants people who will carry his presence and share his gospel and be about his business, guys. I got to see a whole 
generation, it was maybe 40, 50,000 young people. And these weren't, again, people just gathering for a concert. It wasn't just a little kumbaya session. These were young people hungry for God. They were going out into the streets every day for weeks, preaching the gospel. They got to preach to 5,000 families, guys, in Kansas City. This wasn't just an event. We were preaching the gospel. 5,000 families heard the gospel. 500 families gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. Can you guys give God praise? In Kansas City, this is happening in America. Healing was happening. There was tents all over the city. We were doing tent revivals. There was tents over here, tents in the hood, tents in the, in the ghettos. People were getting baptized, filled with the Spirit, saved right on the spot, filled right on the spot. And then we had this big tent. There was six, 7,000 people under this tent every night for a week, just crying out to God, asking God to fill them, use them. And then we met in the stadium. It was the last day. And it was called The Send. You could look it up online. You could watch it. But it was just tangible glory, tangible manifestation of God on earth. And it was right in the middle, right in the center of America, guys. Right in your backyard. And I'm telling you guys, God is raising up His army. You see, there, there's only two ways this goes, guys. We know things are getting dark, right? We know things are getting crazy. We're about to open the Word and pray. But there's only two ways this thing goes, guys. Do you understand? It is going to get darker. It's going to get much more treacherous and dangerous, difficult. Deception is going to be rampant. But do you understand that Oftentimes, pretty much every time in history that this happened, God broke through and did something. Do you, guys, do you guys understand that? Look at the dark ages and then what came after. One of the greatest revivals and reformations of the entire church history. Look at the times of Christ and the darkness of Roman Empire and all the corruption and sin. You know, this, the Jewish Sanhedrin, which was supposed to be the church, God's people on earth, the religious leaders were like more like the mafia, and you got Roman Empire running the world, you know, pagan Rome with all their deities and all their, you know, their, their sports and their entertainment was throwing people in a, you know, watching people kill each other and slaughter each other, the gladiators. They were violent, they were vile, they were wicked. And then Jesus breaks into the scene, the light of the world. You see, guys, go back even before that. Just read history. Look, it's only two things going to happen. Either Jesus is going to come back and crack the sky open, and we're going home to heaven, hallelujah, or he's about to do something great, right? Because he often allows things to become so dark, so evil, so impossible, and then he comes in and does the impossible. That's our God. So, so don't, Lose hope, guys. That's all I want to say is encourage you that God is still moving. God is still on the scene. He's still on the job. Jesus said, my father never has stopped working. They were, you know, blaspheming him and, and causing all kind of havoc because he was healing on the Sabbath. He said, my father's always at work. You just can't see it. My father's always doing his business, but you don't understand it. You see, God is always on the job, guys, and he's still doing something right now. And I just want to encourage you, 
it's even in America. Sometimes we come back as missionaries with these great, you know, Africa testimonies and Brazil stories, but I want you to understand God is still the God of America. He is not given up and his arm is not too short that he can't save. Amen. So I want you to open your Bible with me. Go to Genesis 10. Sorry, Genesis 28, verse 10. We're going to pray. Today, today's going to, I don't know where exactly we're going to land. I got two main verses of Scripture. We'll read Genesis 28, verse 10. And then, you know, you could hold your place if you want to go to John 1. So I was just like asking God. Pastor Joe texted me, I think, on Wednesday. Hey, you know, it's the last Sunday of the month. Are you coming in to preach? And I said, you know, my family was a little ill. Let me make sure we're not going to come in and contaminate the house. And I just uh, prayed through it, and I said, all right, Lord, I'm ready whenever you are. But it's funny. Usually I'll get like a download. Whenever I'm called to preach, whenever the Lord calls upon me to minister, I'll get like some type of message, like a topic, a download. And then I'll just go from there. I'll let the Lord land on me and show me what to, the, the main theme of what to share, and then I'll kind of go from there. But nothing was coming. I kept, I, I was seeking and asking, what, what's the message? And Thursday comes, and I wasn't getting it. And, and then, uh, you know, Friday, and maybe it's this, but no, it wasn't that. And, and so it was a really interesting topic the Lord gave me. And I'm just going to call it uh, Heaven's Ladder. Heaven's Ladder. If you're a theologian or a pastor or teacher, maybe you know where I'm going, but it's a strange little <laughs> topic I picked. The Lord did. So we're going to look at heaven's ladder and how we have access to God himself and things that things that we sometimes don't even realize we can tap into and things that we need to tap into, especially in the days that we live. So, Heavenly Father, let's just pray, and then we'll read some scripture. Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. We just want to worship you, first of all, Father, and bless you. We thank you for who you are, and we thank you, Lord, for all you've done. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the blood of Jesus, which he who knew no sin became sin for us that we may be made right with God, that we may become the righteousness of God in Christ, that all the old is gone. Behold, you make all things new in Jesus. We are new creations. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. We have access to God, to the throne of grace. And Father, your mercy is new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord. Even when we're faithless, you are still faithful because you cannot deny yourself, Lord. You're great and mighty. You're awesome and powerful. You're holy and you're worthy. Worthy is the Lamb of God who was slain. Lord, right now, I pray you will open our eyes as you open the scroll, as we open the Word of God, and the scrolls of heaven are open. I pray you would open our eyes, God, to see and our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Because, Lord, right now, you're, you're doing a work in our day. You're unraveling. As we pray and speak right now, God, you're, you're undoing murder and the slaughter of babies. And Roe versus Wade, God, you're, you're breaking and shaking the very foundations that, 
that man has created. You're awakening the sleeping giant in America, God, and the church that for too long was doing nothing, just like the army of America in the World War II. You're awakening your people, Father. You're showing us your glory. You want to, at least. And we humble ourselves before you and ask that you would help us to see who you are, to receive, Father, what you want to say today, and to live it and walk it out in our day-to-day life and be like a carrier of your presence, Father. Holy Spirit, just come and help us. We just need your help right now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So, Jacob had a dream. We're about to read it, Genesis 28. Remember Martin Luther King Jr., you guys remember him? I was driving through the hood the other day. In every hood, there's a Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. You guys ever notice that? There's always a Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard in the hood. But Martin Luther King Jr. had a dream. And, you know, I'm not from the old school, and I wasn't too good in school, and I didn't listen that much. But from what I remember, he said, I had a dream that black people and white people will dwell together, will be together, will live together in unity and peace. He was a minister, guys. He was a Christian. He was actually a man of God. His family, he had ministers in his family. They were preachers of righteousness in his family. But he was called basically to be a reformer in our nation, in our day. And this dream that he had actually was real. It was from God. It was a promise that, it was, it was a prophetic dream and a prophetic promise that God had spoken to this man. And he ran, he took this dream and, and he ran with it and he actually died for the cause. And he died before he even saw the promise fulfilled. He died and shed his blood like a martyr for the the cause of unity and peace. And there's all kind of causes out there right now. And I'll tell you what, most of them are straight from the pit of hell. But this man had a kingdom cause. This man had a divine dream. And you see... Throughout the whole ancient world, throughout the whole Bible, God spoke to people in dreams. Do you understand that even in the last days, even though we have the entire scripture, the Bible says we're supposed to encounter God with dreams and visions? That's what the prophets actually said would increase in the last days. But dreams was always a channel to the supernatural realm. Dreams was always a channel to God. Dreams was always a a channel that God would use to speak to people. And in Acts chapter 1 and 2, when the church was filled with the Holy Spirit and the day of Pentecost came and the prophecies were being fulfilled, what was one of the things that Joel said? In these last days, you will get dreams and visions. I'll pour my spirit on all flesh and dreams and visions will be given. People, all the people will begin to prophesy and see dreams and visions. But I'm just laying that foundation that dreams are a way that God will communicate to you. And it's very biblical, guys. Obviously, you test all things, right? Any dream, any vision, any word, 
everything needs to be tested by the word of God, but dreams are from God sometimes. They can be an access, a channel where God speaks. So we're going to talk about Jacob's dream. Let's just read it quickly. I don't want to sit on this all day. But verse 10, we're going to read a few verses. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and he went toward Haran. And then he came to a certain place and he stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place. He found a stone and he put it under his head and he lay down in that place to sleep. Now let's stop there for one minute. We're going to read the rest of the story. So understand where Jacob's at right now, guys. He is in a place of fleeing. He's, a, he's like a fugitive. He's a vagabond. He's running from his family. He's, he, he has no family. He has no country. And remember who Jacob is. He's the one who becomes Israel. He's the one who becomes governed by God. He becomes literally the, one of the fathers of the nation of Israel. He gives the birth to the 12 sons of Israel. And who's his father, Isaac, and who's his grandfather is Abraham. Now, what was the promise to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob? The promise was God's blessing. The promise was God's supernatural outpouring of his glory. He's going to send the Redeemer through their seed. He's going to give them the land of Israel. He's going to use them to be his people. There was just countless promises that we can go through. Remember the stars Abraham saw the stars in the sky and God said, this is how many are my promises or my thoughts towards you. But now here's Jacob and he's in this time and place in his life where none of that makes any sense. I mean, where's the promises of God? Where's this family you've promised me, Lord? I got no family. I'm fleeing. I'm running from my family. Where's this land you've promised to give me and my ancestors? There's no land. He's thinking he's about to get killed. He's running and fleeing for his life, and he's at rock bottom. And you know what he does? He's, so, he's at such a low point, he's lost everything. There's no promise of God being fulfilled in this moment. There's no goodness of God he's experiencing. There's no mercy and grace. Where's the, your new mercies, Lord, every morning? So he wakes up. He's at such a low place. He's at such a rock bottom. All he's got is a rock to sleep on. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty bad, right? I don't know how low you guys have gotten, okay? I've, I've had my rock bottoms. I'm not going to go back to that, but have you ever been there? Have you ever experienced such a hard, difficult, just treacherous season of whatever, spiritual warfare, or just everything seems to fall apart around you, and everything that looked like it was God and looked like it was going good comes to an end, Right? And what do you do in that moment? He grabs, it's interesting, he grabs a stone. You see, when all else fails, (laughs) there's one more rock. When everything else, when the ground comes out from underneath you, and all the walls around you, all your safety nets and your bank accounts and your 401ks, and all the safety of the world crumbles around you, and your family abandons you, and your friends betray you, huh, There's one more rock you can lay on. And he's the rock of our salvation. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. There's still one rock that will hold you. It's just interesting. Circle that word. He laid on a stone. I don't know what you're laying on, but 
Me, my hope is not in chariots or horses. My hope is not in man. My hope is not in money. My hope is in the rock, the chief cornerstone, the rock of our salvation, the rock and refuge that we can run to in our time of trouble. He's the one I lay my head upon at night. So uh, Jacob, sorry, lays down on a rock and he goes to sleep. Verse 12, then he dreamed and behold a ladder, circle that word, a ladder was set upon the earth and, and the top of the ladder reached to heaven and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it And he said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, the God of your father, the God of Isaac, and the land which you lie upon I will give to you and your descendants. And your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in your seed, and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed, says the Lord. Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken. Somebody say, Amen. Somebody say, Amen. Come on. That was like 60%. That was 80. One more. Amen. Hallelujah. There you go. I'm getting the 100% out of you today. Give God your best, right? All your mind, soul, and strength. So he dreams this dream. And remember where he's at. He's in a place of desperation. He's in a place of doubt maybe. Where's the promises of God? Where's all these things the Lord spoke to my forefathers? He's in this place where everyone else has abandoned him. He has no hope in anything in the world. But he lays on the rock of Christ. And he falls asleep and dreams this dream. And behold, this this ladder he sees set up on earth. The top point was in heaven that was the access point the top point and the bottom was on the earth and angels of God were ascending and descending on it and the Lord said the Lord stood above it so the Lord stood I guess up in the heavens at the top of the ladder and he began to speak in the dream before we get into the 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 promises it's it's just interesting uh with ladders you know, I do a job now, and I'm, I have to do roof inspections. And it's very important, first of all, there's high points that I can't get to without a ladder, okay? There's no way. I don't got wings. I can't fly. I'm not Spider-Man. I can't crawl up walls. So I need a ladder to get up on these high points. And just this week, I had like this big two-story house I had to get up on. Now, now when you're going up there... There's three things very important, okay? You need to know where you're going. You need to know, like, what your destination is because that's where you set the top of your ladder, okay? Then you need the bottom to be fit in a very firm position so when you're going up and down, your ladder doesn't fall over and you don't break your back. And you need, so you need an access point at the top. You need a firm foundation access point at the bottom. And then you need, what's the third thing? Anyone? A good ladder. That's <laughs> not secret. I'll try. It's not a trick, you know. Question. A good ladder. I mean, you can have a good. Okay, I'm trying to get to the top, 
and I got good ground, solid ground, but guess what? If you got a cheap ladder, you're still going to fall, right? So this is, this is where it gets interesting. Heaven is the access point where God is, the heavenlies. We, you understand in your own doing, in your own strength, you can't get there. There's no way you can climb up. There's no way you can crawl up. There's no way you can pay your way up. There's no way you're getting to heaven without a divine ladder, okay? And God is up there. We are down on earth. So there needs to be a bridge. There needs to be an access point. Now this ladder, I'm going to just give you a little sneak peek. This ladder is none other than Jesus Christ. This ladder is none other than the Lord God himself. But we're going to get to that in a moment. So, so, Jacob was disconnected. He had lost hope. He had stopped maybe believing in the promises of God. He was a vagabond. He was running and fleeing and doubtful and hopeless. And maybe you could say he was disconnected from heaven. So God, from heaven, comes down to him through this ladder, through this dream. Isn't that an interesting picture? You see, guys... We can't get to God. We are lost. We are hopeless. This, this scene is it's a picture of everyone. This is Jacob before he became a believer, <laughs> before he became Israel, before he was governed by God. You see, he was lost. He was separated. He was cut off. He had no hope. That's the world. That's us apart from Christ. And how, how can we get to God? You see, the Tower of Babel was so sinful and wicked and evil because it was man trying to make his way and, and it, through his own effort, his own work, build a tower up to the heavens. That was the opposite of God's plan and strategy. God's plan was, no, I'm going to come down to you. You can't come up here. You don't have the strength to get up where I'm at. You don't have the power to enter this place. You don't, you don't have, you're not clean. You're not holy. You can't come up here. But I will come down to you. I will send my son down from heaven and he will become a man and the angels let me just fix this this thing's killing me there we go the angels of God will ascend and descend so now what does he says what is he saying let's go back to it I am the Lord the God of Abraham your father and your father Isaac you see he's reminding them of his promise he's reminding him i'm the one who spoke to abraham i'm the one who blessed your father isaac and the land which you lie on i will give to you and your descendants and your descendants shall be as the dust on the earth so what is he doubting probably at this point that the promise of god is not going to be fulfilled look at my circumstances look what i'm going through and yet god says your descendants shall be like the dust of the earth and you're going to spread all over, north, south, east, and west, and you shall be blessed. Isn't that amazing? Then he gives them the greatest promise. I love this verse 15. Circle it, underline it, highlight it. Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done everything that I have spoken to you. Amen. You see, God is not a man that he will lie, nor the son of man that he shall repent. God's word is true. His promises are yes and amen, and they're where? They're found in Christ Jesus. 
He's not going to fail not one thing he's said over your life. Not one prophetic word you've gotten. Not one dream or vision he's given you is going to fail. Because it's not dependent on you guys. You see, the Christian life, the promises of God are yes and amen, and they're not found in you. They're found in Christ. You see, the blessing of God, the new covenant, is the blood and body. The, all the blessings and all the angels, they all flow through one place. They come down through one ladder, through Jesus. And you see, he must have thought God abandoned him. He must have thought God forsaken him. He must have thought God is not going to fulfill his promise. And remember the pagan gods back in these days, guys, all these pagan gods that people would cry to and cut themselves and sacrifice their babies to and do all kind of stupid things to get a prayer answered. You know? Catholic Christians still do it. Catholics still do it. I went to Italy and they got saints, you know, dead statues, and you put some money in there and you pray and supposedly all your sick ones can get healed and you know, we pray to dead idols and dead gods and dead images and we put our hope in vain things. Psychics and new age and all kind of foolishness now, people are seeking answers. You see, because the church has forgotten that we got access to God. Full access to God. You see, God is still with us, guys. I understand we are going through some things. I understand we have a worldwide pandemic and we have wars going on and you got problems, and I got problems, and we got bills, and we got issues. I understand all that. But can I remind you of something? The Word of God is still alive, and it's active. I don't care what you're going through. It doesn't nullify this scriptures that we read right here today. It doesn't, it doesn't nullify the promises that God has spoken to us. It doesn't stop. Like the Bible says, who can thwart the plans of God? Who can stop the power of the Almighty One? There's no one greater than Him. I know life gets tough. I know circumstances start to surround us and, and begin to speak to us and tell us all the lies of the devil. Right? Remember when the enemies came around Elisha, Elisha's camp? And I'm just kind of quoting it. This is just coming from the heart. I think it's in Kings. Pastor Joe would know. You can ask him after. <laughs> He's the theologian in the house. I'm just the preacher. But Elisha had this great army coming against him. And they were coming over the hills to surround the camp and, and basically destroy them. And the servant got all, you know, worked up. He forgot about the Lord. He forgot about the promises of God. He forgot about the power of God. So he runs into the tent with Elisha and he's freaked out. We're going to die! Just like the disciples in the boat. They forgot who was in the boat with them. We're going to die! They're telling Jesus what's going to happen. You know, guys, look, we need to stop telling God what's going to happen. With all of our weird prophecies these days and our own little imaginations, we're running around telling God who to put in the office. We're running around telling God what's going to happen tomorrow. Listen, guys, be careful. I'll tell you what. God is in heaven above and we're on earth below. And He is sovereign and He's the Almighty One. And if Jesus is in the boat with you, don't go telling Him you're going to die. 
The word of God says, I will live and I will declare the Lord. I will declare the glory of God in my generation. Shall the dead praise him? Come on, guys. You see, there's things that we need to tap into. God is with you guys. God is with us, people. Don't forget the Lord Almighty and what He has spoken to us. You know, before I was going to Brazil, just real quick, I remember it was about two years. I got the call, and then the Lord was preparing me to go as a full-time missionary. And, you know, I spent, you guys know the whole story, really. I mean, I spent many years overseas doing missions work and evangelistic work. But I remember the last year um, before I went to Brazil, and it was just this really sanctified, holy, special time of my life. I wasn't married. I didn't have a wife or kids yet. I, I, didn't, I, I, I sold my business. I sold my truck. I didn't even have a car. I was still living in America, and I had nothing. I just had my little house that I left when I moved to Brazil, but I basically gave up everything and sold everything, and it was just this year with me and God, and just prayer and fasting and preparation and worship. I'd go to four or five church services a week, and I was just preparing myself to be a servant of the Lord, fully surrendered, right? And it was really interesting. The, the one theme, the one promise I kept hearing over and over and over again was... I am with you. I am with you. And I will not fail you. I will not leave you. And I will not forsake you. You see, <clears throat> that's actually the, one of the most repeated promises in, it, in all of Scripture. And I think we tend to forget. You see, and I didn't understand at the time why I needed to hear it over and over. And it took me like a whole year to get it. I'm like, wait. Why do I keep hearing the same message, Lord? Every single day, every sermon, every church service I go to, it was like the same theme. Because guess what? I was going to need that one promise, that one promise to carry me through the next 10 years of my life. I had no idea what I was going to go through. I had no idea the giants that I would face and the battles that I would fight and the blood, sweat, and tears and the deceptions and the illusions of a third world country and the temptations. It was crazy. And you see, had I not got on my knees and my face before the Lord and listened to His Word and allowed it inside of me. You see, you can come to church and you can read your Bible and you can do the year Bible plan and you can do all that. But if it doesn't go inside of you and take root if you hear the word of god guys and it doesn't and you don't believe it and you don't receive it inside of you it does nothing for you you actually just deceived yourself the bible says you see you have to hear the word of the lord faith comes by hearing yes but hearing it's not like you just went to a church and heard a message hearing in the bible is actually saying spiritual hearing you know what that means? It means the Holy Spirit spoke to you the word and your spirit received it. That's actually what biblical hearing means. You see the difference? It's not just going to church and hearing a sermon. I did that for years. It didn't really get me nowhere. I didn't apply the word of God to my life. 
And so these are promises. And that one promise that I heard over and over until it sinked into my soul, that's what carried me through all those years. And I've seen something, guys, that I'll tell you what, and then we're going to go to John 1. God is so faithful. God is so faithful. I mean, everything He said, He did. Everything He promised, He fulfilled. He did not fail me, not one moment, not for one minute. And every time I thought He abandoned me, He brought me right back to this. (laughs) He stood in heaven above, sending angels down upon Jesus. I'm with you wherever you go. You see, in dreams, you can actually see the spiritual realm. When when you're awake, something happens. You you use your physical eyes too much. You, You use your physical body so much that you forget you're a spirit dwelling in a physical body with spiritual things going all around you every single day, everywhere you go. Spiritual things happening at Walmart. Spiritual things happening at Target. Spiritual things happening at Hobby Lobby. Everywhere you go, there's a spiritual thing going on. And your spirit, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Your spirit is alive in you. But if you don't know how to see and hear in the spirit, you'll miss a lot of things happening. So dreams can give you access to what's going on around you in the spirit. And I'll just read this to close this section and we'll go on. Then Jacob, verse 16, sorry. If you're online, verse 16. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep. And what did he say? Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. I did not perceive it. I did not understand it. Underline it, guys. How many times have we done this? I just love this story. Verse 17, and he was afraid. And he said, how awesome is this place. For there is no other than this. This place is no other than the house of God and the gate of heaven. He understood he accessed heaven at that point. And then Jacob rose early in the morning. And he took that stone that he had put under his head and he set it up as a pillar. He set it up as an altar and he poured oil on top of it and he called the name of that place Bethel, which is house of God. Now I want you guys to go with me to John chapter 1. We're just going to continue on here. I had all kind of stuff, uh, commentaries I was going to read and all these notes, but when the Spirit of the Lord just starts taking it, I just let him go where he goes. So go to John chapter 1. But remember these, these key points. In his dream he saw a ladder where God was standing in heaven at the top. He was on the earth at the bottom. The angels were descending on it. And that place he called the gate of heaven, the house of God, Bethel. Where God met with man, where God encountered Jacob. So now, John chapter 1, we're going to go to verse 43. This is the story where God encountered some other men, where God encountered some of his disciples, first followers. So we'll read in verse 43. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. 
and he found Philip, and he said to him, Philip, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. So he went there and found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets wrote about, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. As Jesus, uh, sorry, Jesus saw Nathanael as he was coming toward him, and he said to him, Behold, here is an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Then Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus said to him this, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly, now what's the greater things? What is the greater things he's about to see? He says it right here. He said to him, Assuredly I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. I am Jacob's ladder, Nathaniel. I am, I am the way to the Father. I'm the only way to the Father, Nathaniel. I'm the one who came down from the Father who planted His feet on the earth. I'm the one who came down from heaven and you will see angels ascending and descending upon me. Assuredly, I say to you, God has met with you this day. You see, if you understand the context, something so much bigger was happening than Jesus, the teacher, just calling a a student to follow Him. You see, Nathaniel was doubting, just like Jacob. Nathaniel was probably sleeping or resting under a tree, just like Jacob, exhausted from life, tired from running, tired from all the tough circumstances, sleeping on a rock. And just like Jacob, Nathaniel probably didn't believe any longer the promises of God. What good thing, see how his attitude was? We found the Messiah. No, you didn't. (laughs) We found the Son of God. No, you didn't. He's from Nazareth. That city sucks. He'll never come out of Nazareth. Come on, you know. He's one of them guys. I mean, just be human in these stories. What good thing can come out of Nazareth? He's being all negative, all doubtful. Come and see. And he's probably coming with this, you know, Who knows, you know, let's go check it out, expectation. But under the tree which he was, where Jesus was not, by the way, he sees Nathaniel, and I love, look, uh, love it or hate it, the the Chosen series, they they made some really good, like, uh, pictures of some of these scenes. And uh, look, I love the scene where Jesus and Nathaniel encountered each other. But I could just picture Nathaniel's coming towards Jesus, And he's probably got, you know, a thousand doubts in his mind, a hundred thousand questions. And he's approaching Jesus and Jesus just stops him and says, behold, here's a true Israelite in whom there's no deceit. And he's like, so there was some type of integrity in his life, some type of honest, you know, humility maybe he carried in his heart. 
as an Israelite indeed, with no deceit in him. And then he says, how do you know me? He says, when you were sitting there under that tree when you got called to come to me, I already saw you. I already saw you. Isn't that amazing, guys? God sees you. Remember Hagar? She called God. She thought she was going to die when she got casted out as the bondwoman and the, and the son. You know, the son of the flesh. He was not the son of faith. Isaac was the son of faith. Ishmael was the son of the flesh. That was an act of flesh. It wasn't an act of faith. They got casted out. She was a widow now. She had a son. They were hungry, starving to death in the desert. She said, here's the last morsel of bread. We're going to eat it and die. And this is it. There's no more hope for us, you know. And then the angel comes to appears to her. And she called God the God who sees. <laughs> the God who saw me. You know, the God who heard me. I don't know about you guys, but look. I look at these men. They were just like us. I, May 24th, this was this past week, a couple of days ago. I just passed 20 years. 20 years since I got born again. 20 years since I had my Nathaniel or Jacob moment. I was addicted to drugs. I was a drug dealer, guys. I was a drug dealer. I was a criminal. I was a thief. I was a drug addict. I went to rehab. They couldn't help me. I went to jail. My parents couldn't help me. They took me to pastor after pastor, church after church. No one could help me. There was no other rock I had to lay on. I was an addict. I was sick. Spirits and, and you know, crazy. I had thoughts every, like, for almost a year. I couldn't even sleep at night. Insomnia. Demonic thoughts in my head. Sickness in my body. I was a wreck. I was a train wreck heading straight for death, hell, and destruction. And I, I one night, I began to cry out to Jesus. A, a whole life of sin, all kind of just wickedness. I won't even go into it. It's not even worthy of uttering in this pulpit and one night i cry out to this god of heaven <laughs> have mercy on me i just i didn't even know how to pray all i could say was forgive me forgive me forgive me like a repetitive gong and i just wept like a baby and i was crying out to god i didn't even know it just broke i was high on drugs it was one in the morning that was my routine and i just fell on my bed i wasn't in a church I wasn't at a Christian concert. I was all alone in my bedroom, high on drugs. And I fell on my face and I began to weep and cry out to Jesus. And the God who sees, He heard my cry. And I said, just forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. If you're real, if you're there, just heal me, help me, help. I just cried out to God. You see... <laughs> That place, the, the high point, the access point of that top of that ladder is God. But He's looking, the place He wants to land down on with His ladder, Jesus Christ, is, is a humble heart. A heart that would be hungry for Him and would cry out to Him. Like I told you guys in the beginning, He's not trying to hide Himself from humanity. He's not, try, he's not too... He's not too weak, He can't save us. He's not too deaf, He can't hear us. He's just looking for a heart that His Son can come down upon and land on with mercy and grace and salvation and sozo and then healing and blessing will flow and forgiveness and wholeness 
in one moment, you know what he said to me? I was a train wreck. I was a total train wreck. I mean, I was demonized, guys. Like demons in my head, sickness in my body, addiction, all the nine, the whole package. And in one moment, he said, it is done. That's it. It is done. And peace, like a rushing river, just flowed over my soul. Peace that I never knew in my life. Joy, I just felt like life and hope come into my bones, into my... You see, God is a being. You can experience Him. He's not a, a, a thought. He's not an idea. He's a spirit. He comes to live in you, and He says living water will flow out of you for all who believe. It was like a surge of life just came in me. Hallelujah. If you're watching online, if you're here, let the river... I feel a river just coming out of me. Let the water just overtake you. Come on. He's alive. He's the God who sees you. He knows and He's heaven's ladder. You see, you shall see heaven open. Jesus said it. Guys, do you understand something? Let me just say this to the church and everyone listening. All, all who hear, let them hear. When Jesus came down, the, the, the prophets, I had it all in my notes. Forget it. I know what it says. The prophets cried out for the time when the heavens would be open the lord told them you know render your hearts rend your hearts and i will rend the heavens you know what that means tear your hearts open tear your hearts open and i will tear open the heavens you see they used to prophesy about the time when heaven would be open and these promises would be fully fulfilled you could just read the whole Bible. It's all throughout. From there, from Jacob's ladder, all the way through till now. And Jesus is saying, because I'm coming down from God the Father, the heavens are now open to you on earth. There's, there's, there's full access to God, guys. There's full access to angels, to access grace, to access power to access mercy to access things that you don't even tap into guys because you don't think you need it but your neighbor does your neighbor needs a word that god knows them your friend your forgotten loved one your enemy you see because one word can change someone's life guys god said three words to me three words from heaven he spoke and it totally transformed my life. It took a drug dealer and made him a gospel preacher. It took a, a sin you know, seeker and made him a kingdom seeker. It took a, a wretch undone and made him into a saint that loves the Lord by his grace. And heaven opened, you know, I had this amazing conversation with a, with a Muslim, a former Muslim we're, we're coming to the close, but I, I, I need this to land on you. I need his ladder, that, that bottom point of his ladder to land on your heart today. I was driving to church today, and I said, Lord, just the heaven is open. Let your ladder land on us. Let your ladder land on us. And let us understand what we can do as Christians, what we have access to. I was speaking. He's a good friend of mine. His name's Joshua. He was a radical Muslim, radical Muslim. He was an imam, which is someone who's basically training to be a teacher of the Quran. Some of them become martyrs for jihad and holy war. 
and you know they go they they pray beyond what any of us can fathom these guys will spend you know their whole life in these temples seeking allah praying and nothing nothing and they never get an answer and then they go and kill themselves and hope that allah will save them and give them paradise it's so sad and this man got radically born again now understand he went from literally sitting in a muslim mosque till 3 a.m seeking allah and getting no answer five times a day praying over and over and over and seeking allah all night and reading quran every day and no answer and then he called on the name of jesus he has regular visitations of angels this guy regular he's very familiar with the angelic realm and how it all works and he freaked me out with some of his stories i'll be honest but it's really real, guys. Do you know that God has angels? And they will come. They're, they're sent, you know. One time I was riding with my wife. This was just last year. Me and my wife started evangelizing again together because we, we weren't doing it for a while. And I literally saw like an angel, not visibly in my soul. I saw this angel flying next to our car as we were going downtown to witness the people and the lord told me he was waiting a long time you see he's going to assist you they're ministering spirits sent to assist the saints and they help you sometimes they're there to just help you sometimes they're there to help you help someone else and you see we got things guys we don't even tap into because we're not willing or we don't know and these angels come to help us these angels come to assist us this guy josh he said something so interesting i was like explain to me how you're in experiencing all these things i mean this guy's had the most radical encounters i'll just give you one he gets caught up in heaven he jumped it he he saw it like in the spirit he got caught up in heaven he saw the river you know the living river of water that flows from the throne of heaven the throne of god he literally got to jump in that river and just swim in it the guy has all kind of radical encounters. You think it's weird. That's what Jesus is talking about right here. You guys will have access to heavenly things. Visions and dreams and angels and angelic assistance and presence will become real to you. And I said, Josh, I just asked him. I was with this, this group. We were sitting at the table. I was like, bro, how? I'm like, how do you, how do you experience all this stuff and, and like, I just want to know, man. He goes, Brett. And it was with such a childlike, he goes, Brett, do you understand heaven is your home? Heaven, the, the gate is open. Remember the story we just read? Jesus said heaven is open. Remember the story we just read? He said, guys, he said, we were at a table, four of us. He said, heaven is your home. I said, I know that. But I didn't know it. He's like, if, if you cannot access your home at any time you want it is it really your house and it hit me boom like a ton of bricks i'm like oh my goodness i'm just visiting heaven i'm just i'm just you know i'm just kind of like tippy toeing in as if it's not i'm just a visitor you see my house i have keys right your house can you go in and out of your house whenever you want do you have to knock on the door do you have to wonder who's in there do you have to go around the back sneak in the window 
Your house is your house. Jesus says, heaven is open. Welcome home. You see, there's a banquet table. Come and sit and eat. A lot of times we're hungry. And we're going to the world chomping on hamburgers and junk food. But the Spirit of God just sitting at the table waiting, calling us out to us. The bride, <laughs> the Spirit says, come. Jesus says, heaven is open. And we can go up. In the Spirit, we can access things, guys. We can eat with Him. We can dine with Him. What did He say in Revelation? I'm knocking at the door of your heart. Just let me in so we can dine together. Let me in so we can fellowship together. And when Josh said that, guys, it just gave me the revelation I did not understand about heaven. It is my home. I can go talk to God whenever I want, whenever I need. He's there for me. He sees. He cares. And you can access him at any time guys i pray that this message blessed you i pray that you're encouraged i pray that you're inspired and i pray that you're hungry you're hungry for the things of god so let's just pray we'll close there father i've already said enough but lord i pray it was for the most part just your word god i know your word will never return void I pray for everyone who's watching. I pray for everyone who's listening. And I pray even for my own self, Father, that this message will land like a ladder on our hearts. On solid ground, that we will receive this word, Father. That we would hunger and thirst for righteousness, God. Because your word says, blessed are the hungry for they shall be filled. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Lord, your word says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things, Lord, you'll take care of, you'll add on. Your word says, God, that heaven is open. Heaven is open, Lord. So why do we sit on earth like little earthlings and worm around? Lord, help us and teach us who we are in Christ. And Lord, that we have access to your throne of grace in our time of need. That you're the God who cares, who sees. Lord, you do not forget about us. You do not fail us and you never will. I pray you speak and let this word just echo in our souls and let us never forget it. Jesus, you are Jacob's ladder. You are heaven's access point. You are the way, the truth, and the life, and there is no other way to the Father except through you. Lord, I pray right now as we close. Yeah, I just pray, Father, for angels to come and assist all of us. You said angels are going to ascend and descend upon you. Lord, we need help right now. We need strength. Your word says that they are ministering spirits that come to assist the saints. Lord, we need assistance, Lord. We need help. We have the Holy Spirit. We call on strength and power, a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. We ask for angelic assistance. God, we just want you, Lord. We want your will to be done and your kingdom to come. But we need help, Father. So, Lord, thank you so much for helping us, for hearing us and blessing us. I pray for everyone watching online right now, God, that you will just speak to them right now. I pray you'll touch them right now. I feel like even now someone's getting touched by God. The word of the Lord is just touching you. Just like it touched me 20 years ago, the word of the Lord is powerful. It's alive and it's active and it's 
hitting your heart right now. And I just pray that anyone here, even someone here may be feeling that penetration right now. Just let it penetrate your heart and sink in like a double-edged sword. Just let it cut through the soul and the spirit, dividing all of it. Just God, impact. Cut away things that need to be cut off. And remove, Father, and fill us with your glory. I pray that glory will come down on this church. I pray that glory will come down in Palm Beach County. In Florida, Father, Florida will be saved. I pray for a fresh, new harvest season in South Florida, God. I thank you for the new believers who are coming in. I thank you for Max right now and all the new believers who are coming into the kingdom, Father. As they see your angels at work through us, as they see your Holy Spirit at work through us, Father, I pray that you will bring in the sheaves, Lord. Because it's not time yet. You haven't closed up the book or the chapter, and the book of Revelation hasn't unfolded. We're still here for such a time as this, God. So use us. Send us for your glory. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So, guys, yeah, before, if that was you online, I just felt... There was that one person, someone here or there, where this just landed on you. I pray you just would cry out to God today and just pour out your heart to Him. I'm not going to tell you what to pray or say. You're a human soul. Just cry out to Him, and He'll connect right to you through Jesus. He'll just call on the name of Jesus, and you'll be saved, delivered, set free, whatever you need. And I pray that you will actually message us too. You know, if that, that message really hit home with you today, and God himself ministered to you, I pray that you'll contact Pastor Joe. Send an email to us so we can pray with you, okay? And God bless you guys. Before we close, Pastor Joe wanted to come up and... Yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> anyway, you know what? Let that hit home. You call out to the Lord with all your heart, and he is there. You know, he mentioned Hagar. I think, it, you know, she just... Cried out, El Roy, the God who hears. So praise God. He'll hear you wherever you're at. So God bless you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you all online. God bless you all. We love you all. Tune in next week at 11. Or 10. 10, 10, 10.